Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. and introduce my guest for today so she is on a mission to help you to regain time isn't that something we all want it's Naomi Wachner did I get it right yes yes you did hi Dawn hi lovely to have you here thank you so much I'm so grateful to have this podcast with yeah, well, let's start with this question straight away because I have a feeling what the answer might be. So I always ask the guests, how high is your vibe on a scale of one to 10 and why? Over to you. It is a stupendous 10. It is a 10. Today yes. is my wedding business anniversary. And on my business anniversary, I have launched my website. So wow. all that happened today, I'm so excited. That's really exciting. And I think, you know, that first year in business, we learn a lot, which we'll perhaps loop back to after. And can I just ask, have you not had a website up until now? I have not had a website up until now. Okay. Started my business, relied on social media, relied on word of mouth. I did think that I would need a website earlier, but as I'm sure I will tell you in a bit, just the way things have happened, yeah, the time was right to do that now. I love that because, you know, sometimes people come to me early in their business journey. And I actually said this on the podcast that I recorded with Sarah Sarkis about websites when they're like, oh, I've got to, you know, it's the getting all the ducks in a row, isn't it? I've got to get my website. I've got to get my business cards. I've got to get this and this. And I'm like, no, hon, what you've got to get is some money in the bank, you know? <laughs> so it's the clients, Absolutely. it's the clients. And so it's really encouraging, you know, anyone out there who is, still in the early stages of business and that really can be the first few years for some people you don't always need a website of course it's a nice to have but looky here I have Naomi sat in front of me successful one year in business and she's going places which we'll talk about also and she didn't have a website until today so yes, do not absolutely. necessarily need a website sorry Sarah Sarkis oh dear you'll be <laughs> no, killing us it was the perfect time to have a website because if I had created a website earlier, I don't think it would have reflected my brand properly. This yeah. past year for me was really one of self-discovery. And it's only now that I know for myself as well what my brand represents, how I want it to be perceived. And that is something that I didn't really or rather I wasn't aware of as earlier on in my business year this past yeah, year. So I think that's yeah. right, actually. So, right, let's dig into that a bit. So you are Calibre Virtual Assistants. So before we talk all about that and the future, the now and the future, just take us through a potted history of what you've done. I know you've got some 
I would say, exotic things in your past. Oh gosh, there everyone's thinking, oh, what's that then? Some exotic things to to arrive at this place. So yeah, tell, tell the listeners all about your background and how you got to set up a virtual assistance business. Okay, well, I've had quite an international background. When I was six, my parents moved to France. They took me and my little sister to France. And when I look back, I can't get over how adventurous they must have been with two young children. And I remember asking them about it. And they didn't just want us to experience a different culture. But uh, what really struck me is that they wanted us to experience a different way of looking at the world. So that's really the family dynamic that I was brought up in. Moved to France. All my schooling was in France, was in French. And then came the time when I had to decide what I wanted to do. And at the time in France, I think things are getting a bit better with that. At the time, they didn't really push for entrepreneurship. Mm. It was all to do with, right, study and get a good job. And I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do. Had they pushed or even given me the opportunity to look into becoming a business owner or creating something for myself, I think that even back then, I was more attracted to that way of doing things. Okay. But I decided to study law. I thought that's probably a safe bet. Yeah, very (laughs) safe, yeah. So I studied law. I then decided to move to Germany. I worked in Germany. I got married. To this day, my husband's my biggest cheerleader with my business and decided to come back to England to be closer to family. And last year, after the birth of my second child, is when it really dawned on me that I did not want to return to corporate life. I wanted to be more present for my children. They are always going to be my why. And There was something in me that I thought I just wanted to show them firsthand because we all know that children watch what you do. Yes. (laughs) Rather than just listening. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) I really wanted to show them firsthand that they could achieve anything in this world as long as they put in the work. So October came, I thought, right, I'm going to try to combine two loves of mine. I found business owners so inspiring. During all those years, I was always attracted to just their their drive Mm. to create something, sometimes out of nothing. And I also loved what I had been doing over the past decade, which was organizing. I am that person. I love organizing. I love processes. I love lists. I love making people's lives easier. (laughs) So that's how my business was born. And at the time, I had no idea as to a name. So I just took my initial. NW, I called myself NW Virtual Assistance. Yeah, of course. Very quickly, I found my first client within a matter of weeks. And I pretty much had my client for a few months whilst I was then building up all the other elements of the business that sometimes are rather unseen. And then simply through word of mouth, I started getting more and more clients. And then it wasn't until I would say late spring that I suddenly realized I still had so much work coming to me that I actually couldn't take on capacity-wise. And I thought, right, I don't want my journey to end here. I think I can do more. Uh, I spoke to this one business, well, she wasn't quite a business owner at that time. She was looking into it Uh, and we chatted. I suggested to her whether she wanted to become an associate. She agreed. We kind of trialed her for a few months. It worked. I thought, oh, right, I think this is a concept I could adopt. And here we are today, Calibre Virtual Assistance. 
rebranded with yes. associates. Right. And so so much to unpack there. So yes. when you, you know, took that leap to start your own business, so you'd had your second child. So did you not go back after maternity? Was it kind of in that period? Or did you go back and then started afterwards? I didn't go back after yeah. maternity. And to be honest, I think it was a couple of years, of years back during the pandemic, so many people were being made redundant. And the team that I had been working for in Worcester, which was actually in social care and the legal side of things, the whole Worcester's team had been made redundant. Right. So I, I was already on a slightly different journey by that time. And although I did have an opportunity to go back to something, I just thought, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something for myself and show my kids what they can do. <laughs> oh, and, and I absolutely love that. And I think not just at the start, any time in a business journey, whether you've been one year, five years, 10 years, 20, it is a scary journey, particularly yeah. if you're on your own in the business as well, or you are the leader of the business, because it's who do you talk to, who do you bounce ideas off? What is your, what's your thing do you think that's kept you going in the undoubted times when you thought, why did I do this? Please pass me another bottle of wine. Why am I trying to run a business, have two young children and do all of the things that we do? You know, what do you think it is that's kept you going? Definitely my drive. And if I were to really think about what that drive is, it comes down, so much comes down to my children. I just wanted to be more present for them. And I couldn't see another opportunity within the corporate world for me to do that while still doing something that I loved. So that drive just kept going. And when you start getting good results, no matter how little the success may be, I took that little success as indication like of right I'm on the right track I can make something here and I took little success after little success to just build my drive and enthusiasm and to just to keep going and learn so much along the way goodness me oh yeah Honestly. every day's a school day as they say oh you know, my goodness and it's interesting what you say there about I took the small wins because I think quite often when I'm pe speaking to people they don't take the small wins now, I tend mm. to compare a lot of things to diet and exercise because it's quite easy for people to understand. And I think it's like when we are trying to, whether that's diet as such or clean eat or watch what we're eating, what do we end up saying? Oh, my God, I had a packet of crisps last night. But we don't say, oh, I just did six days and 20 hours of really good eating. We just go straight in on the I ate a packet of crisps. And then depending on what kind of person you are, if you're like me, you're liable to go, well, F this then, I might as well eat the cake, the scones, the cheesy biscuits and everything at the same time. So what do you think it is that made you hone in on and like take those small wins? Because I think this is something that we just don't do enough. Whatever stage you're in business or life or anything, we focus in on our perceived failures, maybe, which I would always say are learnings. I would say we've got W's and the L's, the wins and the learnings, and then take those forward instead of honing in, particularly in those early times on the learnings, let's say, and losing faith, losing hope. I think you said really a really important word there when you said perceived. Okay. I remember listening to this business owner over the past few months, and he kept saying that perception is reality. And that really got me thinking, perception is reality. So if we perceive small wins as indications that we're on the right track, 
we will believe it. That will become our reality. If we start to doubt ourselves, that may also become our reality. And I was so determined to make this work that I didn't want to allow my mindset to even for a second think that this was not going to end well. Mm. And again, because there were these small wins, that did keep me going. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, you're giving me so much coaching stuff there. You know, perception (laughs) is reality. Absolutely key. What we look for, we will see more of. And our brain will seek out the evidence. And so if we want to be proven right that we're rubbish and we shouldn't be in business and, you know, we've got no clients, then that is what reality will present to you. And if we think the other way, then, you know, that is what reality will present to you. And that sounds a very simplistic view. And yes, of course, there's other stuff in there, like taking action, people. You know, we can't just meditate AF and think it's all going to fall into place. But that is the basic principle, you know, it, for me, it comes down to thought, whatever it is that we think that turns into, you know, our feelings that drives our actions that causes our results. And so, and the result will always back up whatever the thought is. So if the thought is not helping us, then your result is going to be something that, oh, see, I knew I was rubbish. Whereas if it's the other way around sequence, then it's like, oh yeah, of course I take that small win because that justifies the thought that I'm having. And then off we go again. Absolutely. Totally agree with all of that. Yeah. So virtual assistant. So you set up NW to start with, which I think a lot of people do. And then you've now got this idea of let's get some associates working in it. Mm -hmm. There's going to be you and a team of associates. You can take on more work. And let's just talk about that work for a second. So what kind of people is it that you work with is it a particular sector or is it like business owners of a certain size or what do you think that's like so obviously I have to now answer that question not just from my own perspective but from the perspective of my business from a general perspective sorry my ideal clients the people with whom I love working are thriving business owners who are go-getters and who are just really excited about their businesses things are going well but they are being dragged into focusing on their admin when all they want to do is focus on their core business. So whether it's emails coming in incessantly, whether it's late payers or things that they might even enjoy doing sometimes, you know, customer service and things, but it's really not their core business. Those are the types of people that I help. And for me personally, before I branched out with associates, my little edge was the the legal background that I had. So I was able to help solicitors, conveyances, and also because I've got experience within the social care industry, that was an industry that I enjoyed working in as well, and company directors within that. So now with my associates, however, we don't really have a niche, but the business owners are thriving, they are go-getters, and they just need help with, well, their admin, (laughs) pretty much. Hey, just a quick word to let you know that today's podcast is proudly sponsored by Mulberry Design. Meet Sarah Sarkis. She's the driving force behind Mulberry Design, boasting over 25 years of web design expertise. She's not just a pro, she's your go-to guru for all things web. 
Sarah is a passionate advocate for female business owners, specializing in crafting contemporary WordPress websites that will turbocharge your online presence and boost your revenue like never before. Why do clients adore Sarah? It's not just her design finesse, it's her collaborative spirit. She's the perfect partner in success, blending technical ability with a warm, friendly approach that makes your website dreams a reality. At Mulberry Design, it's not just about creating you a website. It's about tapping into your inspiration, understanding your business needs, and ensuring your web presence syncs harmoniously with your vision. Go check out mulberrydesign.co.uk, where Sarah's mission is to make your business shine, or connect with her online at LinkedIn to start the conversation at linkedin.com forward slash Sarah Sarkis. That's Sarah Sarkis from Mulberry Design with over 25 years of web design excellence. Well, so a couple of things there. I think, you know, to me, that is a niche because you describe people who are able to put their hand up. And, you know, I'm just thinking about particularly women that I meet out networking, not one of them sits there and says, oh, I do wish I could spend more time doing the admin for my business instead of, you know, being a photographer, being a stylist, being a coach, being a whatever, totally. And, you know, I think of my person, I think of myself personally, I am someone who is organised. I love a list, a spreadsheet. And... I get annoyed when there's not the time to do that because clearly, you know, I would rather be coaching, obviously, than filling in a spreadsheet. And I think this really Mm -hmm. leads me on beautifully to what do you think is the point to get, not what is the point of a VA, what is the point in your business to start thinking about getting a VA? I would say that once your admin starts to distract you, Mm -hmm from your business's main goal yeah that's when it's time to get a va okay so when you're thriving things are going well but you are spending endless amount of time doing these small aspects of your business instead of focusing on growing and creating revenue yeah and i'm immediately thinking there you know a lot of people they get into business for themselves because they don't want to work so many hours for someone else they want time to spend with their children or whatever and then what happens is you end up working evenings and weekends and whatever because you know you're trying to get your business off the ground or you're trying to get to the next level or a lot of the time you're filling it with admin so that would be a clear indicator if you're spending your evenings and weekends doing admin I think maybe that's a good time to reach out to a VA absolutely because it's quite funny I had a chat with some business owners not too long ago and so many virtual assistants might assume, and you know, I was one of them, that people want a virtual assistant for a better work-life balance. Mm. And that is sometimes the case. But all of the business owners that I've worked with have told me they want a virtual assistant so they can spend more time yeah. creating revenue. Yes, <laughs> I, totally. You know, if you, and that's what I love about, 
what you said, yes. you want go-getters who are thriving. You know, you're not yes. looking for the people who are, you know, wanting to plod along and just take away the admin maybe so that they can, you know, play more golf or whatever. But that is totally fine. But that's what yes. I love. And I think this is the thing about identifying the kind of people that you work with. And there's a lot yes. of people. I'm not a, you know, a target market guru. But I do think having something that people can put their hand up for it it enables us because we're all in industries where there's a lot of competition and you know I'm not afraid of competition I prefer to look at collaboration I know the kind of people that I coach best and if you come to me and you're not that person then I've got a whole heap of other people that I can you know pass you on to kind of thing I think knowing who it is that you want to deal with because to me, and I'd be interested to see if you agree, that's what puts the joy into what you do as well. Because it's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to see Naomi for her session in a minute, or I'm going to see this person, I'm going to see that person. What you don't want to be doing is going, oh, no, I've got to see, you know, Theodore for her session. Oh, God, you know, she drains me and whatever. That's not what I want to be doing. I want to be delivering my coaching, but also having that relationship. What do you think about that? Absolutely. And actually, positivity is one of my core values, because that's something which I always wanted to hold on to that joy, that buzz is very linked to the go getter side that mm. I can also relate to. But yeah, that positivity. And I remember listening to one of your previous podcasts, actually, when you were talking about attracting and uh, yes, attracting those whom you want to attract by your personality, by yes. your vibe. Yeah. And in this case, through positivity. And you won't attract everybody, but that is okay. You will attract those who want to work with you and and with whom you will want to work also. So, yeah, it's definitely something that I've kept in mind during this past year. So what do you think? So we've established like when you get to that point where your admin seems to be taking over your whole life and, you know, maybe you're chatting at your husband or your kids a bit more than you should be and you're not getting to do what you love in your business is a good time. What do you what do you think are the things that hold people back from getting in touch with the VA? Well, I was, again, (laughs) talking to a few other business owners just casually and there are quite a few business owners who are not quite sure what a VA does. So that's something which uh, I was like, okay, you know, it's so easy to think that when you work in in a certain industry that everybody knows what that industry is. (laughs) So I had to, well, I was very happy to explain what a virtual assistant does. And sometimes the expense, some people might think that they cannot afford a virtual assistant. But the beauty of competition, the beauty of there being so many other virtual assistant services around within the UK is that you will probably find somebody who can meet your budget needs. You can have a virtual assistant for a couple of hours every month if that's all you can afford. You know, two hours a month, done. You know, some people say, okay, could, could we have one hour a week? That's our minimum. Could you do that? And then before you know it, I'm sure it's rather addictive when you can see just how much a virtual assistant can do in that little hour, slowly but surely, as your business continues to thrive and to grow, and you realise just how focused you can then be on the things that matter to you, that's when people start to outsource a little bit more. Yeah, and I wrote that down. And like you said there, let's just say even if you thought, well, I'm going to get one for one hour a week, and there are, you know, lots of BAs that do that basis. 
and you outsource some stuff. I think the thing is, like you say, you very quickly say, oh, how quickly they can do that. And then what I would be saying to someone is and compare that to what you could earn. So, for instance, I could take an hour at least to get a very basic Canva thing together. And if you get a VA that's good at Canva, she can knock that out in five minutes. So I've just freed up an hour of my time so I can coach for an hour, which is going to bring me in infinitely more money than I just have to pay a VA for an hour. And I think if you can look at it that way around, it's a much more attractive proposition and like you say finding the VA who can accommodate that small amount of time if that's all you need and then you grow together then don't you absolutely and I love that illustration I've actually spoken about that on previous occasions I think I used an example of a business owner let's say he charges customers or clients 100 pounds an hour me for caliber I thought of keeping to a flat rate so that's easy (laughs) to work out for everybody so I charge 30 pounds an hour so here's the business owner. He's spending, I think on average, there's this uh, report that suggested that business owners spend about 16 hours a week on admin. Yeah. So for every hour that this person's spending on admin, they are actually losing 70 pounds. Yeah. By not hiring. Yeah. Times that by 16. Yeah. Times that by four. Yeah. How much money are you losing? That's a lot. I haven't got my calculator to hand and my brain won't work. But it's a lot, people. It's a lot. Just do it. And you know what? I love there that you said, you know, you charge £30 an hour because I do think that is one of the things, not just with a virtual assistant, with lots of things where people maybe don't have a clue what the price is and they're too embarrassed to ask or they think they should know. And so oftentimes I think it puts people off just because they don't know. Like for me, I'll always say, if it's something quite simple like that, you know, bang it on your website because people could be looking for a VA, for instance, in 10 o'clock at night because they're like, oh, my God, I cannot look at this Canva one more time. I'm going to throw my laptop out the window. I should get a VA. How much might that cost me? They start looking. They can't even find it. The next day, they've forgotten it, you know. And um, Whereas if they could see, oh, it's 30 quid. you know what? 30 quid to get all my Canvas done for a, a they, Somebody who's good at Canva could probably do, you know, in a couple of hours, a whole month's worth of stuff. Whereas there's yes. us, you know, thinking we're Canva queens going, we're not really, are we? But, you know, it just, and then before you know it, you've been on Canva for four hours going, shit, I've done that four hours all day, except funny around on Canva, for Christ's sake. And I use an example because I know lots of people use Canva and I think it's a really good illustration. Yes. No, it, it's so true. It is so true. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. So first birthday today. If we're recording the podcast in a year's time, 3rd of October 2024, what will we be celebrating? What's going to come up for you this year? You've got your website done. You've started to build your team. What does it look like next year? I would like to have a more or less established team of associates Mm -hmm. by this time next year. The beauty of remote work is that obviously my associates are freelancers. And if they get an opportunity to grow their own businesses and to go off on their own, then I'm going to be their biggest cheerleader and supporter with that. So obviously we will see takes my business in terms of particular associates. But the lovely thing is with this, with the very first associate that I brought on, she is happy to make her future with Calibre. It's 
in her own words, it just makes things so much easier because I provide the client introductions. Yes. So there's many elements of running a business that she doesn't have to worry about. I provide the client introductions. She does the work. I do the networking by the client. Yeah. She does the work. So, yes, definitely bigger, maybe better this next year. I do have a few little tricks up my sleeve with my website, mm -hmm. which I don't want to reveal everything today. Okay. Uh, well, better watch out for those. <laughs> But also linked with my newsletter, I, I will be giving some uh, advertising opportunities to small businesses also. So, yeah, a lot to come during the next year. Excellent. So first year in business, what do you think, how do you think you've changed most in that year as a business owner or a person or a mom or a wife or any of those things? Oh, I feel like you should be asking my husband that question. <laughs> um, no, probably not. No. I would say my confidence i had an idea as i mentioned last year of this virtual assistant business and i just went for it and they've just been so many situations along the way where if i'm honest with you i thought to myself sometimes what on earth am i doing to myself <laughs> whether it, it was networking for the first time post pandemic on my own not knowing anybody and knowing that I would have to stand up in front of everybody and give a present 30 seconds, yeah. one minute presentation, I could not think of anything worse. But I remember actually that very morning of that networking, just telling myself, right, what will happen if I don't do this? Yes. What will happen if I do? Mm -hmm. And I've kept that mentality throughout my whole journey. And, it, and that's why I said at the beginning that it's really been one of self-discovery I've discovered just how powerful we can be yeah. as business owners if we perceive <laughs> and if we choose to believe that we can do things beyond our comfort zone. And there was this one lovely business owner who told me that done is always better than perfect. And yes. that's something else that I've kept in mind. Just do it as imperfectly as I probably will do it because it's probably the imperfections that will draw people to you anyway no yeah. one really wants Mrs Perfect <laughs> not really and I yeah I say that as a recovering perfectionist myself you know and it is yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and it is right yeah. what good is it sitting on your desk or when you're in oh. waiting till you think it's perfect when actually it could be out there and getting feedback at the very least yes absolutely absolutely and during this journey of self-discovery it's really been the people that i've met along the way that have kept me going as well so i i met you which was a fantastic yes. that networking event absolutely <laughs> we yeah we've been watching each other on social media we've got a mutual yes. connection and we met and yes. it's a lovely place as well wasn't it and i'm looking forward to our next glass of wine but not for the next few weeks because i'm still doing my shred <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but yeah just honestly sometimes you just click with certain people mm. with my brand photographer and just with different people along the, the way and suddenly although you're a solopreneur or whatever they call it you find that you're actually part of a team yes a team of business owners a team of other women who are just who have their own drive their own whys their own reasons but we're all there for the same thing you know to make our families lives better to to reach specific goals in life or challenges and I, I definitely enjoyed that part of running the business this past year also. And I think that's the thing, you know, back to that saying, who you surround yourself with matters. Because, mm. you know, look, there are down times, of course there are. And in those times, you need someone to be able to 
just have a bit of a rant to a bit of a moan but also someone that's going to say okay Naomi that's enough now you know back on with the big girl pants and let's get out there and do it kind of thing not someone who's going to go oh yeah and that's terrible and bring you back down you know sometimes you need to get it out and then you need to spring back off and, and carry on with what you're doing Absolutely. Especially if you can surround yourself like like what I've been able to do with people who are more experienced in business. Chances are someone's faced what you're facing now. Always. <laughs> in one way or another. Yeah. I just love hearing st- stories of how people have overcome their challenges and their li- little tricks or mindset motivations that kept them going. Because if it worked for them, it will probably work for me too. <laughs> of course it will. So before we wrap up, I, you've got a quote on your website and I'm just looking at it here and it says, be undeniably good no marketing effort or social media buzzword can be a substitute for that I absolutely love that just tell me what kind of that means to you well it's all well and good isn't it saying that you want to help business owners and make their lives easier at one point you've got to deliver yes you've just got to be good you've got to be that person you've got to prove to people that you are that person to make their lives easier. And that is something that I take extremely seriously. And I've just been so grateful that when I mentioned that I haven't been, you know, I didn't have a website for the first part of uh, this past year, the word of mouth recommendations, that feedback in my case was to do with how I was actually making their lives easier, delivering what I was promising, and that just filled me with so much joy and that's really the the spirit behind that quote just at the end of the day you have to be able to back up what you say and I am determined to do so I love that yeah you just can't put words flat on a page you've got to live and breathe them somebody who's on tomorrow's podcast actually said about when people it's a he on the high vibe tribe podcast last week well it's next week but it's just this week so he said when people meet him in real life he they go oh my god you're just like you are just like you come across online just like you are online and we both said well yeah absolutely we would hope to be I would not want someone to meet me in person and go oh you're completely different to how you are online you know that's who I am that's my authenticity which is a word that's thrown around a lot they can tell that I'm passionate about what I do as I can tell you are and you know you carry that through everything that you do yes absolutely and it comes back to also knowing not just who you are but what you want your brand to represent that awareness yeah also so that people can say oh yeah I can see that you match the way you're presenting yourself online totally well we could sit here all day it's a good job we haven't got one we talk even more but I always wrap up my podcast with the last word so this is where I ask you a couple of lasts that you had so these are never prepped so you know they could also always go wrong for me so I would like to know what was the last meal that you cooked your family oh my goodness I wish you had asked me that the oh about a week or so ago. I have to cook that the weekend. <laughs> Let me think. What was the last thing? I think I made an Italian dish. I made a an Italian salmon chorizo green beans nice. pasta dish. Wow. Well, yeah, with all those different backgrounds to call on, you can, you know, it's not going to be a pie and oven chips in your house, is it? So okay. I didn't choose French or German. <laughs> And now I don't are you a reader? Do you read? Love reading. Okay, what was the last great book that you read? 
Well, I'm currently reading The Thursday Murder Club. Okay. No. Uh, lovely series there. And what other book? Yes, I am into psychological thrillers alongside like business mindset yes. books. So yeah. yeah, but Thursday Murder Club, look that one up. Oh, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna put a link to the show notes in that Thursday Murder Club. I'm intrigued already. Sometimes it's everyday murder club in this house, but you know, that's another story, people. <laughs> so Naomi, thank you for joining us today. We're going to put all your links in the show notes of where people can contact you. And of course, a link to your shiny brand new website. Yeah, I actually must say here that when I first met Naomi, which we thought about, we think it was June or July. It was a beautiful day anyway, and there was wine involved. That's why we can't remember, probably. She said... I'm going to get my website. That's the next thing I've got to do. And it's going to be done by the first week of October. And here we are. It's the first week of October and he's launched. So kudos to you for actually setting that goal and achieving it. Because it's, you know, it's easy to let things like that drop by the wayside, especially something as involved as a website. So much kudos to you. Congratulations on your first year in business. We'll have you back next year to talk about the second year and what you've learned yeah. that. And in the meantime, people... That's it from me this week. I'll be back next week with a new episode. And remember to keep those vibes high. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high. Bye.